Marca por la derecha del genio del fútbol mundial. Y es el tercero a tocar para Borrachaca siempre. Maradona. Genio, genio, genio. Ta, 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 ta. Hello, buongiorno, and welcome to the Plastics World Cup semifinal podcast, a show where three American wankers try to finagle and dance their way around schedules and time zones, seemingly worlds apart. You're joined by soccer analyst and top speed expert, Mandy Gaylor. I'm fast. And New Jersey having Tomiyasu wearing fanboy Blair Lacrosse. Fight him at the state of New Jersey. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Do I have it now? <laughs> you own it. And myself, Jacob Burke. The semifinals see off Croatia and Morocco with Ooh. Argentina and France through. The final match is set up to be won for the ages. A narrative on all sides. Messi, Mbappe, Leo's last dance, and France's rise again. Who will win? Let's talk about the semifinal games and look ahead to the final. Fantastic off the cuff, Jacob. Um, Thanks. Way to really come up with some original names there. Uh, on the spot. It was actually impressive. Yeah, I thought I mean, you were going to freeze. Oh, no. No, no. I was just processing. Like, processing. Processing. And then I just... Computing! I had to pick up the most recent things that you guys talked about. Your uh, power source is just slightly overloaded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running hot! Yeah. Speaking from experience, Blair? I'm not... Yeah, I'm not com- right now shopping for computer parts or anything. <laughs> Blair, uh, you had a busy day today. I did. Maddie, you had a busy day today. I did. Jacob, yeah. you had a busy day today. It's been busy days for everyone here. And, and now we sing the busy day song. Busy day. Busy day. Busy day. Busy day. Okay. That's, that's, for, that's just good audio. <laughs> that's stuff that people want to listen to. And it's not going to be cut. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, so we weren't able to record last night just after the uh, France-Morocco game, but... We're here now, and we're going to talk about the semifinals, and then we're going to look ahead to the final and uh, maybe, you know, muse on the third-place game, if you guys want. Not much not much <laughs> soccer left, is there, in the old World Cup tank? This is it. This is the last soccer we'll ever have. Yep. It's no kinda, more soccer. It's a little Tank's weird. Tank's on empty. It's weird to think about, though. I feel like for, well, for, you know, for us, since we pay so close attention, I think the World Cup seems longer because you're in each little moment as it happens well usually it's also longer in time um this one seems a little cramped yeah, but this one just felt long oh it has yeah i mean it's, it's been a it this is the first world cup where i think all four of us have been gainfully employed <laughs> and had a holiday in the middle of it and that was nice yeah so We've watched World Cup should just be a holiday. Yeah, I a mean, work holiday. Just a month and a half long. Why don't we have the same culture as some of these countries, you know, where it's like, you know, Brazil, they just shut down for a month. You know, yeah, it's like, whoa, well, there's soccer on. We can't, we can't work right now. What do you want? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe if we won it, that would change. Mm. I don't think it would. To the women have won it multiple times. Nothing has changed. That is fair. That's fair. Maybe I will the, keep bringing maybe up the women fact. could take the month off. Yeah. Okay. 
Fine. <laughs> I will take that deal. Okay. You've Goodbye. got till the 18th, so you've got three days. Fantastic. <laughs> you better make the most of that. Oh, Enjoy I it. Enjoy uh, it. Yeah. So what do we think, gang? Uh, what do we think about Argentina, Croatia? Argentina, three. Croatia, not a one. Nothing. Nil. Maddie, do you want to keep this one off? What do you um, think? Croatia, Croatia had the fatal flaw that U.S. did. Their midfield fell apart. Mm, okay. um, and they did not create a lot of chances. They kind of gotten lucky with the PK in the beginning. It's kind of controversial, and it's like, how would that have affected the rest of the game? Because that kind of got in their minds, I'm assuming. Do you think it was a PK? <sighs> he had gotten a shot off. Like, the goalie did not obstruct, or did not impede his shot. He impeded after the shot had been taken, and the goalie stood his ground, and the player ran into him. It's kind of... It's a messy situation, <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about it because Twitter doesn't know how to feel about it, okay. and I only take Your my feelings, feelings from are Twitter. come directly yeah. from Twitter. <laughs> yes. I, can I manufacture my feelings from the online yes. <laughs> internet sphere. The outrage machine. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, Maddie, you, you, you seem to lean into the narrative of Croatia being a bit hard done by this game. Just not, 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 not a lot, just a little bit. I mean... I, I'm not on the on the side of the fence that's like Argentina bought this tournament and Qatar is handing it to them okay, because okay. that's just absurd. Argentina's a, a very good team and I, all tournaments require a little bit of luck, I think. I, I agree. I agree. You got to get a little lucky if you want to make it to the final. And I think uh, this is time now where we can look over to Blair and he can say it one more time. What's up? Oh, uh, yeah, it helps to have Lionel Messi. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that old, uh, that old player. The old adage. Yeah. It helps to have Lionel Messi. So I think if there is one or two stories, but one real story here to talk about, it is the performance that Leo Messi once again put on for Argentina here. Uh, that he was not walking. That's he, for sure. <laughs> he was he wasn't walking for those goals, no. And uh, you know, I think once you go down two goals when you're a team like Croatia, you really get your back put up against a wall. And I think that Messi, when he performs like this, when he is, as they say, on one, then you really can't do much. But also, I think that the the big difference from this Argentina side was perhaps having a guy like Julian Alvarez there to finish the chances you create. So yeah. do you remember when we were asking if Alvarez would continue to start over? Yeah. Otero Martinez. Yeah, good, good calls. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. I think that first goal is very emblematic of <clears throat> exactly what Julian Alvarez brings. The, the, the penalty that he yeah. drew is very emblematic. I mean, he just can stretch a back line and a lot of the threat that Argentina created in this match was sort of in transition and they're able to quickly play through Croatia's midfield and sort of negate that presence like Maddie said and it was really to the credit of Julian Alvarez that he was flustering Gavardiol who's had an incredible tournament and Lovren and able to just sort of ghost off their backs and make runs in behind and they definitely had to worry about him for a good part of this match, 74 minutes. 
Did you see Julian Alvarez's face when he was running after that chaotic ball down the field? <laughs> he was smiling as he was running. And it was like he knew what was coming and he knew how to do it. And he was laughing. Like, <laughs> he knew how to do it. <laughs> he was just having a ball. Yeah. Yeah, that goal, the first goal you scored in open play was one of the luckiest <laughs> sequences of events i've ever seen in, on uh, uh any sort of in a, really in any sporting event took so many perfect hits yeah for it to fall directly back at his feet every single time they were all just like perfect passes and he got nice bounces back yeah you know it was very very strange but i mean of course very good to finish uh that goal yeah i think there's a market difference you know from 2014 to 2022 between the pairing that Leo Messi now has with Alvarez and say Higuain, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is going to be a big deal to come. And also they, I think another good thing that Argentina have is that they have literally unhealthy Maria waiting in the wings for any sort of situation that they might come across that, you know, is against Argentina and ideally he'll be healthy for the final, but, they don't need him, man. They've got Paulo Dybala. Yeah. I I think <laughs> I think I think this is a uh a good a good example of maybe uh Paulo Dybala just not fitting in with the locker room per se. Because Scalini strikes me as a guy that tries to make the cohesion of the team prioritized over the say tactics of the team. So the satanics, yeah. Yeah, because I think Paulo Dybala is like a a great player, right? And he was hailed as this big guy. But, I mean, he's a gunman. Gonna, we're not going to talk about him too much because he's like has he's played like thirty we seconds. Should talk, we should deeply analyze Paulo <laughs> Dybala's seventeen-minute World Cup cameo. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I think that having Julian Alvarez there as opposed to um, he's twenty-nine. Paulo Dybala, yeah, yeah he's, he's got a young face. face. He, he yeah. I thought he was nineteen. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was like, oh, he's got such a great career what? out of him. Oh, well, yeah, he's a very, very famous uh, soccer player, and he played for Juventus for forever. <laughs> okay, thanks for making me feel like you're sure. pretty stupid, <laughs> Matty. <laughs> well, just to just to give you the sense, like this isn't some French player we're talking about. It was I like know. a headline guy. I know. Um. Yeah, but I I don't know. It's because now we we see that um, Latoro Martinez he didn't even play this game. He wasn't even subbed on. You know, so yeah. I, I think that he missed Scalini, too many shots. He has missed a lot of shots. I don't think he's a bad player. It's just that he has that problem that all of Messi's partners have had up front is that just he can't he, when when the moment is there and it's his to grab it, he doesn't. Yeah, and he let him down. I, I don't know times. how to quantify that because I don't think because every every high grade training coach for strikers over the past however many years has said you can't teach finishing, and for some reason Argentina's just been plagued with this successive line of strikers who can't finish, and so the narrative has been Messi dragging Argentina by its heels to these Copa America finals, these Copa Centarios, these World Cup finals, and then faltering right at the end because he can't get him over the line. But maybe this is that time. What do you, you think him and Alvarez <clears throat> up top? That's the pairing? That's the, that's the dynamic I mean, if, duo? If you're Leonel Scalini, do you really want to risk... You, you know, screwing up the pot that you've got cooking. Don't break what isn't broke. <clears throat> what did you guys think of um, uh, 
the the midfield though, because we've got this uh, Paredes, Enzo Fernandez, Rodrigo de Paul thing going on uh, with. I'm not. I'm still unclear as to McAllister's role. Uh, he seems to be just the guy that sweeps everything up. But that was a good job of it. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I. I think that's that's interesting because they they McAllister and DePaul both get forward, but they don't get like super far forward, um, which is, is strange. They tend to stay, you know, just past midfield. Um, and it's really a lot of it is down to Messi and, and Alvarez getting as far forward as they can. Yeah, and so they they do this thing where it's like a four four two, but sometimes a four three three, and they'll send one of their wide midfielders forward. But um, I think the whole goal is to just have Lionel Messi not have to defend as much as possible. Um, and so if you were to try to like employ him along the wings, you don't want him to have to like track back ever, really. Um, and his presence up top as an outlet helps them actually defensively because uh, Croatia, when they're in possession, their rest defense is a, is a phrase I keep hearing over and over and over again. Their positioning with the ball is affected by the position of Lionel Messi because once he's an outlet, once he gets the ball at his feet, you're in trouble. So you need to be in the proper position to nullify him. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it, this is to me it kind of looks like a pretty defensive setup for uh, Argentina, but they were actually pressing pretty high up the field. I thought pressing and pressing more with more intensity than I thought I'd, I'd seen them uh, do really this entire tournament. Um, I think this is probably the most complete performance I've seen from them as a team in this tournament. It's definitely the least shaky one they've had. Yeah, I think that will portend good things for the final, perhaps. You perhaps. know what rest defense makes me think of? What? Fencing. I was thinking of courtrooms. <laughs> I rest okay. my defense. The defense <laughs> rests. The defense rests. <laughs> I think of when you have, it's when you're in the position one. On guard. Mm. Um, and you have like your, you have to have your sword like slightly up and slanted in order to better um, obscure your your, your surface opponent. area, baby. Did yeah. you do a lot of fencing? I, I did. I, I did some fencing when I was younger, uh, and I, I I won a few tournaments. So wow. you learn something new every day. Yeah, you brought a broadsword. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I, instead of bringing a <laughs> fencing a sword, I just brought an actual yeah, sword. You just had a huge yeah. sword. <laughs> Don't bring it's like an that axe sword from Ah, oh, damn it. What is that movie? Silent Hill. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, I thought you were going to say Highlander. Oh, that or that. <laughs> Just a Claymore? Yeah. <laughs> I never played Silent Hill, no. I, I don't like scary games. There, well, no, it's there's a movie, and there's like this big demon guy. Oh. And he's got this huge triangular helmet. I think it's Silent Hill. It could be Resident Evil. Oh, I know. I know. The pyramid guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I big, know. weird helmet yeah, thing. Yeah. And his sword is like eight feet long, and he like drives it yeah. through doors and stuff. It's very scary. That's Lionel Messi. Okay, he... <laughs> He's the sword that drives through doors. I mean, he literally oh drove through the entire midfield and defense of Croatia just across it right what, what to a, Julian's I mean, feet. That was definitely no, no, because the the the, the moment where he would, took Gvardiol yes. from like the thirty five yard mm-hmm. line Jimmy and just bodied him the entire way to the goal, and then just incredible. teed it up for Alvarez. A full foot smaller. 
a full foot smaller and 15 years older than the guy. Yeah, this incredible. This is a 35 year old just out muscling a 20 year old center back who, for all intents and purposes, is the hottest defensive prospect on the world's market right now. Been one of the best players in the tournament. Yeah. He got outbodied by a man who literally announced his retirement a game before it it's done. He Wait, said, you, next game, I'm done with like national team. Later tennis. Maybe. He has retired from the Argentina national team before. So, I would retire after every game. <laughs> to collect retirement. <laughs> Gotta collect that pension for the next two days. Yeah. All right, I'm back. Um, no worries. How much credit do we give to Croatia being absolutely tired from playing sixty extra minutes? Yeah, I think I think what I think personally what most people don't realize is how far above Croatia have been punching up mm-hmm. this tournament that it's it's they're gonna be seen as I think a better team than they actually are are and that's not meant as some diss to Croatia. I think this team has done something incredible for over the past uh six years or so with their twenty eighteen World Cup performance and this one. Um they haven't had easy roads to either uh either of their paths here. And I think that when you try to play in this manner with just a it's it's not stagnant, but it's certainly just passive in a, in a way and it, it doesn't portend to seizing that's these the moments. second time you've used the word portend today oh i'm trying to learn new words so um okay i'm gonna have to learn a new word <laughs> uh you can blair uses a lot of new words you can just listen to him and he will say something if you're wondering portend to be a sign or warning that something, especially something momentous or calamitous, is likely to happen. Yeah. So the you know the the, the moments are are. You're saying porn tent. <laughs> Ass fire porn. Tent. <laughs> you gotta hop in the porn tent. <laughs> I aspire to be in it. Get third movie free. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and obviously, you know, they had one of the best goal scorers, I think, of the tournament. Not sorry, the best uh, one of the best quality goal scorers on Ivan Perisic, and they, I don't think they really used him as well as they could have. He seemed. Uh, he, he seemed to not take it, uh, take, take those moments. And, uh, I think I'm a big fan of Borna Sosa, but he's not a defensive fullback by any means. So I think that was also taken advantage of. Uh, and I think the Borna identity, uh, Marcel Brozovic, I think is really, he really showed up and I don't really, I didn't really know much about him before the tournament, but you know, 30 year old for inter, I, I you know, a great player. And I think Lavakovic definitely earned a transfer somewhere. Right. Oh yeah. As a grab he's, to he's great to one of the, I don't want to say the big five leagues, but there you go. And that, I Didn't mean, Portugal, just not beat France. Chelsea in the Champions League this year. <sighs> Do you know how long ago a Champions that, League match feels? Yeah, I was just talking, thinking to myself about how I'm, I'm going to have a really hard time getting back into. Club soccer. <laughs> I don't like, know how I'm going to transition back into this. You're going to go in it and like all the the whole play style and the entire conversation around the game is going to just flip on a dime. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, you, we'll talk about our pro- that whole process. You want to talk about that like, later? <laughs> here's the thing. Here's an example. Julian Alvarez, player that I, I like. Maddie talking about him. Yeah, very playing cool. with so much joy and glee. And now he's going go back, back to Man he's City. Gonna and I have to hate him. <laughs> yeah. So what the fuck? Shit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Maddie, this is your job. You know, Kovacic. You know, great player. Exactly. Plays for Chelsea. Yeah. Dang. I, I mean, I, I am this is my job. predisposed to, like, I'm not supposed to like Luka Modric, really, but I, I, have, I have to respect him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Former um, Tottenham player. 
I know. That's why I'm not supposed to like him. Real Madrid player. Um, you know? Yeah. I think he's, uh, since he's been so successful at Real Madrid, it doesn't really matter that he was at Tottenham. We can forgive. But anyway, yeah. I figured you'd love Pasilic. Pasilic? Pasilic. Why? An Atalanta boy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and and obviously everyone's hyped about Enzo Fernandez. Yeah. All the trade, all the Liverpool fans. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's been good. It's been great. I think Marcelo Brozovic is the guy who, like, literally every single Croatia game I watched, it's like Marcelo Brozovic is getting subbed off in like the hundred and twentieth minute or whatever, yeah. and it's like Brozovic ran fourteen kilometers, <laughs> and it's like, how does he keep Brozovic doing this? Ran twenty six miles. Yeah, like he he might have run close to like. Yeah, like 40 miles this tournament, and he's, you know, a 30-year-old holding midfielder. Yeah. Like, I, I really feel like that has to have... They, they, this team just has to be so worn down. I think, yeah, because we're going to depart from these guys soon, but I, I just want to mention that this is probably the best Croatian team that will exist for some time. Yeah, they're definitely transitioning out of their sort of golden period. Yeah. I don't know. There's there There have to be some... Because these players keep coming out of the woodwork. And I think especially for these developing like soccer countries, I think that they, their bar for right now is set pretty low. Like it's, it's only going to get better for them. I Croatia think. is only going to get better. I think they're going to have some young players come out of the woodwork and I, they're going to be just fine. That'd be great. But I think finishing in the final in 2018 and then making it to a semifinal in 2022 is for a nation that's the size of Croatia is like yeah. as much as you can hope for. And then they're going to lose a generational player in Luka Modric. And then he will instill uh, the spirit of Luka and <laughs> teach them how to drink blood of the young so that they can uh, maintain his youthful wow, spirit. Okay, like the blood, the blood, blood boys. We're already to blood transfusions. <laughs> no, he's like, a, he, he's like a vampire. Okay. He like takes their spirit. He's like, <laughs> I want to score. Yeah, some but goals. I don't know. It's I hope so, but I think I think this is probably we're not gonna we're not gonna this the whatever crop comes up for Croatia, it's not gonna be quite the same. And I think I, I don't know. Here's uh, the thing. Here's yeah. the here's the here's a number. Yeah, six. This is the number of big chances that Argentina created on the day. They converted three of them. Oh yeah, I mean they were the better team. Six for sure. big chances. That's quite a few. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, one of them is a penalty, but, um, but here's it was a, a great penalty. It was a big great chance. Penalty. It was. He crushed it. <laughs> Croatia zero big chances. Yeah, they um, did not look at all into it when they were attacking. Yeah. So um, it sort of feels like a little bit of calm A, a little bit of calm B. We got probably Argentina's best punch of the tournament and probably Croatia's worst performance of the, of the, yeah. of the tournament. They, they weren't, they, they, they just didn't rally it back after that uh, second goal. And I think that's what killed them. Yeah. That second goal would be a heartbreaker too. Yeah. Just because it was so fluky. I like, I walked away from the TV when it happened. Uh, yeah. I, so I, I have a group chat of some friends from home and we've, like before each game, we'll like tell each other what team we've been rooting for, mm. and all of them want Messi to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're just like head over heels. If Messi doesn't win this tournament, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. And okay. So I was like, okay, let's go Croatia, and I just got flamed in the chat <laughs> for wanting uh, the underdog to win. So I think a lot of people will be rooting for Argentina that aren't from France. <laughs> yeah. 
There's probably some people in France that'll be rooting for Argentina. Speaking of, um, France 2, Morocco 0. Another another goalless game for the underdogs. <sighs> this match was Yeah. I mean so frustrating. Here here here's my thing, and, and you guys can agree with me. Oh, we can? Or not. <laughs> uh, Morocco were the better team yes. overall if they were to shoot more. Yes. Oh my god. It's such god. a strange it's such a strange problem to have. I yeah. I think it's mm, it's 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 a uniquely soccer problem, I think. To not shoot enough? To not shoot. Yeah. When you need to. I think yeah, pr- probably. Uh well, I don't know. I, I guess Maybe it ha- happens hockey. in hockey. Yeah. It might happen in hockey. But like hockey is a high shot game. Like, yeah. There can be like 40 shots in a game yeah, for a team. Exactly. But I, I think so Morocco suffered this problem. You guys remember when we talk about South Korea, when they would just try to be too cute with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was the problem with Morocco. They weren't trying to be cute, but they were just waiting for that moment. Were you listening to Blair and I's conversation yesterday? When? Maybe. Maybe I subconsciously so absorbed it. I know. I said yesterday when we were talking about the game, I was like, Morocco looked a lot like South Korea when they were looking for the perfect shot and couldn't find it, so they just didn't shoot. Oh, my bad. No, it's okay. Why, no, just, if you want, just that was, continue, please. That was just... <laughs> makes me feel good that I'm right. Uh, yeah, they, well, they... they, they <laughs> Uh, well, okay. I guess we all are in sync. That maybe I just was like absorbed it. Yeah. Maybe I yelled it. It was absorbed from the couch. You sat down. and You got the knowledge. And you said, well, <laughs> say, "Say that again, just real quick." <laughs> yeah, because th- I I remember th- being very, very frustrated with an an Esri because mm. he just wouldn't pull the shot. Mm. And it it, so it was it, he there there were so many moments where he was like in the eighteen and he could have just taken a step and tried to go for it and if it was blocked fine but he yeah. just was waiting for the defender to like walk away from him yeah a blocked shot can rebound to you don't know where that creates so much more opportunity than holding it and losing it yeah and they had so many really really wonderful crosses into the box that were like to the feet of Morocco players, and then their first touch would not be a shot, and it was just so frustrating. I have a, I have a question for both of you. Okay. Mm. Do you think Roman Seiss should have started? Well, seeing as how he lasted 21 minutes, I don't think he should have started. Oh, yeah, didn't he get hurt? He was injured in the last match and went off. Okay. I couldn't uh, tell because I was listening to the Spanish broadcast. Yeah, and then he did not... Uh, finish this match 21 minutes i think that's a maybe questionable choice but um yeah biggest match of the country's history mm-hmm. um so I used to certainly will be the one that wants to play yeah i mean uh, obviously I, I don't think any player is going to tell their coach i can't play i think but not just not not just say not saying that it's more of him probably actively lobbying to start even though he's got to be the one that's also honest about where his body's at and how healthy he is well, to yeah. actually make it through the night. Well, I think that you're, you're at those kind of stakes where you are convincing yourself yeah. that you are fine to start. Listen, I'm not like some sort of elite, mentally sound athlete. I would be a mentally ill athlete, if anything. <laughs> um, 
And uh, great start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> keep on, keep on going. Some great mentally ill athletes out there. Shout out. Um, never mind. Uh, but, um, Shout out to Kyrie. Yeah, no, I'm not going there. But um, yeah, uh, I just think like. I, I just think like I've completely lost my train of thought. You just think that if you were, if you were in that situation, yeah, it's like this is like the biggest moment of my life, probably exactly. the culmination of your career. Like for, especially like Roman Not even your career, your entire life. Yeah, he, his career. He's in the August, the autumn of his career. But you, you know? also have to recognize that if you play and you know you're injured you're not at your best whereas another player who is not injured could be in your place no and play better this this is like this is a this is a career (laughs) no built on psyching yourself up you have to Mm. take one you got your team this far let a man let a man take over but what but what if you're like but what if it's that kind of injury where it's like it's not debilitating but it just but it's just not, you're not fully healthy. Exactly. You there can are push another, through that. No, there's another player that is fully healthy okay. that subbed on for you 21 minutes into the game. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're of the opinion that any sort of injury, you're, you're out. I'm of the opinion that if you get subbed in or subbed off 21 minutes into the game where you knew you were going injured into the game, that's when you know you've made a mistake. I mean, he yeah, knew, obviously after the fact, after the fact, yes, you know, you're injured in warmups. You know, you're not at hundred percent. If I, you know that you shouldn't be starting, maybe go in later in the game. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that you can, the, the human mind can do a lot of stuff to convince itself that it's okay. Yeah. But if you have an actual injury, your body is also going to tell you by giving pain. That's its response. It's giving pain. Yeah, but if you're if you're drugged <laughs> up before you go in, you know, if you're if if you've got those these these numbing drugs, these numbing agents that they use to help their players, you still have to be able to move your legs. Yeah, but I'm 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 saying that you think there was no situation in which he wasn't thinking I can push through this. I think if you are that injured, you should know that about yourself, and you should also know that probably best for the team that you don't go in okay. right away. Roman size, you're dumb. Let's. Uh, I think here's the thing. There, I think the the thinking around injuries in a tournament cup style knockout competition and a 38 game league season. I think that there's sort of two different things. So, like, you know, in a in a in a club season. If you are warming up for your match against, um, you know, Fulham or whatever, and you feel a twinge in your ankle or your quadriceps muscle or whatever, like it's best for you to tell the physio or whatever, like, hey, I'm not feeling 100% and for the manager to make a change probably. But I think like what Jacob was saying, in a tournament where you have guaranteed like 90 minutes left of it. I think you just try it, man. Like, I don't know. And like, unless your legs like actively falling off, you can't actually run. Yeah. Like you yourself, you're going to be like, yes, I'm doing this, you know? And uh, yeah, I think it's just very difficult to get into that mindset because it's just like these guys, uh, you know, like so many of them are just like playing. Like you can see, you can see these teams. What's so fun to root for about these teams is that you can see them, kind of being lifted up by their countries and also lifting their countries and like getting wrapped up in all that emotion and, uh, and that pride. And I feel like to get this far and then to be like, I can't play would be very, very, very difficult to, to admit to yourself. There's a difference between feeling a twinge in your ankle or whatever while you're warming up, but there's, 
Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between that and coming off injured the game before. Yeah. Being an injury sub, knowing you are physically injured. Well, I mean, there's and a difference, then, right? Because yeah, know. there's a huge difference. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, if he you know felt something during his warm up, I'm sure he'd want to play through that. But you came off two days before that injured. Yeah. In the 57th minute, I'm sure they didn't want to pull you off then either. Well, I think it was a dumb move. Well, so. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was at work for this match. and Maddie Gaylor. Roman Slice is stupid. I'm not saying he's stupid. I'm saying he's caught up in the moment, you know? He wants to play for his country. Great. But also recognize that maybe playing for your country means letting someone who is 100% physically able to play that role as a central defender, the last man before the goalkeeper. Here's a pertinent question, though. Do we think that Roman Slice's presence on the field for those first 20 minutes directly resulted in that Lucas Hernandez goal. It was a chaotic, terrible, terrible clearance. No, that was not his fault at all, though. So I've been high. I, I again, I was at work. It I was Yamik. I didn't get to see his fault. Okay, I didn't get to see the uh, first about sixty minutes of this match. I, I did see the highlights and got a question for you, um, my man uh, um, Bunu, the keeper for uh, Morocco. Should he have been able to get to that bounce before Hernandez kicks it home? Should he come out to the ball well, or instead go, of holding go, his go position? back even farther, and you'll see Yamik try to go for a sliding tackle, and he whiffs it entirely. Mm-hmm. And that opens up the field for... Um, oh, at the penalty spot? He goes for a tackle, and the ball just whizzes right past him. And then I think it's... I don't think it's Mbappe. Mm, I think it's it was Mbappe. It was Mbappe. He just yeah. whizzes past him, and then like he's in an open field for a second before he's able to. The chaos is able to ensue, and it puts uh, Bono into a position where he has to make a lot of tough decisions. Oh, he's on the ground, and then he has to recover. Yeah, yeah he has no chance of getting to it. Never mind. So I, I think I think uh, that that was just like a mistimed interception that just went Ari, which in no way was from Asaiz's fault. Mm. But that is past the point. I think he's probably mad enough at himself for everyone. So, <laughs> what do we talk about? Uh, why don't we talk about curious examples of players in a bit of a limbo situation that are now faced with the fallout of the World Cup, but a brilliant performance and going back to a club situation that they don't necessarily favor. Of course, I'm talking about Hakim Ziyech. Mm. So, you know, as we get closer and closer to to the Premier League, the outside club world makes its way into the conversations. Do we think that uh, do we think that he leaves over the January window now, or or are we are we looking at maybe a resurgence here? Careful, careful, Chelsea fans. We're not saying he was ever bad. We were just saying maybe he's going to do better. Well, now okay, you're, now you're just instigating. Who's better, King Ziyech <laughs> or Mason Mount? Don't don't do this. And then who's better than that? James Madison? You know my answer for all of these questions. Um, I think he stays at Chelsea. I think because of this performance, Chelsea recognizes the talent that they have and what to do with it, maybe. I don't know. I think he's lost to Chelsea forever. And that's been clear for about 18 months. I think he should be gone. And I think for him, personally, after playing this well and playing consistently, being one of the main guys for his team. He'll want playing time. He'll want playing time. Yeah. He's 29 years old. He's got a career to wrap up. I can see him going to, to Italy, for sure. He's still got quality, for sure. 
Um, is he 29? Yeah, 29 years old. Yeah. So, yeah, he's still got quality. He's still got, you know, at least four or five more years in him playing pretty high-level soccer. So I think he leaves. I don't think that Chelsea gets, like, a big fee for him or anything like that. Um, that seems like a sour situation, and it's been pretty spoiled for a long time. Okay. Well, it feels like Chelsea has that situation with, like, all of their attackers. That's Chelsea. Chelsea is is more or less, like, a, it just works against a lot. Somehow, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so... It's like how Facebook was invented. We, we can we can <laughs> we can take a bite of Morocco for now. Let's wait, talk wait, about France. Wait. Let's talk about France. <laughs> the look at Jacob's face. I wish we had video footage <laughs> of this. <laughs> Gotta talk about France, guys. Okay. So they're back. They're back. Yeah. Oh, great! That was France. All right. So we've got we've got this team here, uh, barring Yusuf Fafana and Ibrahim Kanate. As to cameo appearances, we've got a pretty solid squad that have consistently shown for uh, Didier Deschamps for over the over the tournament, and they are back for the final. They have won the 2018, and they have broken the curse, and they are back to the final. Uh, we have a Hugo Lloris who is performing, overperforming, I would say, in net. We have a very capable double pivot of Aurelien Chumeni. And Adrian Rabio, depending on if he starts. And obviously, the storied front four in Usmane Dembele, Antoine Griezmann, Kylian Mbappe, and Olivier Giroud. All these names carry their own weight. And obviously, Olivier Giroud being the new uh, top man for France, Kylian Mbappe being the rising phenomenon, and Antoine Griezmann probably being the most important player in the squad. I guess my question is do they even. Do they take it? Do they take it to the house? Antoine Griezmann created four chances. He had six passes in the final third, and he had eight ball recoveries. How the fuck does he keep doing this? He's a, <laughs> this is insane. That's insane. It is something when you unleash Antoine Griezmann in the front like Didier Deschamps does, you enable him to do things that he wouldn't otherwise do at Atletico, right? So we know Mbappe is not going to press because <laughs> he can't play for more than thirty minutes at Atletico. <laughs> well, I, th- I think they, I think they settled. I that. think they finally did, yeah. But that was a funny time. It's it's crazy that how willing Griezmann is to be a team guy given his recent press and given his time at Barcelona. He's like such yeah. a team player, and obviously, I know the big thing is like Kylian Mbappe just doesn't defend right so Anton Griezmann is, is essentially doing the work of two people yeah I was listening to the TFO guys talk about this France team and they're calling him the water carrier I feel like that's a very apt description. The water carrier that's a good one yeah he he does he just kind of does the dirty work and he is sort of the central gear um, around which everything else revolves um, and yeah I mean you you definitely need a guy like this he's he's the um the uh, the the Vic Vinegar to Kylian Mbappe's Hugh Honey. <laughs> Doing an always sunny reference here. He's going to do the dirty work. <laughs> um, do the dirty work. I think France does it probably um, because, um, you know the question I kept asking about what do you do about Kylian Mbappe? Yeah. I've seen maybe one and a half performances where I've been convinced that you can do something about it, and I'm not exactly sure that this Argentina team has the faculties to manage I this, think, these two wingers that I think France have. the big, this is just hypothetical, 
I think the big difference maker will be whether or not Landro Paredes shows up to play. Do you think he starts? I think so. Okay. I think he starts, and I think is he's going to have the biggest ask of the entire Argentina team because he's going to be essentially sweeping up any moments that involve Kylian Mbappe don't, or don't, Antoine Griezmann. I was going to say, don't you think it's almost more important to just like mark out Griezmann? I think difficult task. I don't. I don't. So I don't much, know because I think Griezmann's utility isn't as much as. Uh, playmaker he is but I'm saying where 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 he becomes something else is his willingness to get on the other side and do the defensive work as well France invite the pressure on they're willing to sit back and let teams come on to them and I think that <laughs> come on <laughs> and I think that the, Antoine Griezmann the <laughs> is Hey, come on, baby. <laughs> he, he's, 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 his work rate is such that he, I mean, obviously it helps that he plays on a Simeon team, but it, he lets France play more active defense. So I think if Lander Paredes can do this in a similar way that I'm, I'm thinking the way Kyle Walker and Jude Bellingham double teamed Kylian Mbappe and essentially marked him out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in France, England, if Lander Paredes can team up with, uh, was it Tagliafico? Yeah. Well, um, uh, no, it, it would be um, uh, Molina. Molina, yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in a way, perhaps they can mark out Mbappe. I think you want to get Mbappe out more than you want to get Antoine Griezmann out. Hmm. Okay. I have a question. I feel like there needs to be like a bah, 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 or like a uh, new a jingle. Uh, what's the what's the and his name is John Cena. No, no, it's oh. it's on Super Smash, and it's like um, Young Link. Yeah, Kareem Benzema mm. enters the fray. Do you think he plays? Oh. Do you think he actually comes out for the game? He, is he healthy? Yeah, the rumors are is that he's coming to the game. He is on the roster. Um, Wait, what? He's on the twenty-six man squad. He okay. has been playing. He what? started today for Real Madrid. Wait, is he no. in Spain? What? I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Okay. Yeah, I believe I, you. Uh, I don't know if you do, but... Um, I don't think he was in Spain, though. He's probably in Qatar practicing, maybe. No. No. He... Okay, well, while you, while you look, I will... Okay, I will he does answer. play for Real Madrid. Yes. Okay, sweet. I thought I had that one wrong. <sighs> um, the rumors are um, that he... Oh, uh... Sorry, it just came out that he will not be returning. It's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so we, we, we sorted that out. Keeps on turning. <laughs> we sorted ourselves. Uh, yeah, so I think it's very important, especially when you have... Like, France is it's in its own category, right? France, France is a team that if you tweak it just a little bit, the whole entire thing comes crumbling down. So, yeah. If, if I'm Didier Deschamps, I'm not. I'm not tweaking anything about this. I got my mm-hmm. starting guys. They've got me to a final. Why not trust him to put me over the edge? We had a Kanate and a Fafana start here, though. Speaking of tweaks, yeah. I thought. Well, I don't know because I, I. The rumor was that Adrian Rabio is sick, so I don't know if he'll be healthy oh, by Sunday. Yeah, and I think Upa Meccano uh, had a tweak in the game, so I think he'll be okay. I think either way, 
Uh, France have some wonderful subs that they can just seamlessly go in. It looks like Kanate is the guy to choose now. I think there's a chance Kanate is just better than Ufa Makata. I don't think that he's been that great, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know Kanate is a great player, but he he's uh he he's not he's not exactly a ball playing center back. So I don't know. Get yeah, good, dude. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Claire, so, did you see the picture of Didier Deschamps shirtless? I don't know why you keep bringing this up. Did you? No, he's he. So there, there was a. I've heard he's very jacked for an old man. Yeah, yeah. he's quite jacked. There was I, maybe you were there when I was saying it. This, maybe this was up. during the South Korea discussion. Yeah. But why? Why? She was giving an interview while planking. Yeah, I I haven't brought this up once. This was brought up last night. Maybe Jacob. I was me. Oh, it was Jacob. <sighs> it's okay. We can talk about old shirtless man. Just from you got to remember everything Jacob says, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> he says a okay. lot. Yeah, my, that's my fault. So what do we what do we think about? Um, what do we think about this, guys? It's going to be France, Argentina. I think Argentina. I oh. think I think France, <laughs> France has been caught out a couple of times on their weaknesses, and I think Argentina are good enough to play to their strengths while also calling out better than okay. Mor- like Morocco or yeah. um, England. France's weaknesses, Blair. Uh, I got France like three to one in this. Okay. Yeah. Jacob? I think so for the record, I want Argentina to win. Yeah. I don't want I don't want there to ever be a team that wins it twice, unless it's the US. In that <laughs> last case, I want them to win it every time. Every single time. Back to back to back to back to back. But I think that on paper France is the better team here. They've got just a really good look about them. And it's just I don't know. All of their all of their players have been performing quite well. It's it's amazing to me how well Chumani has just been plopped in. He's an yeah. excellent player, and yeah. he just is working great. Yeah. And and the the darndest thing, Adrian Rabio. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's just like a totally new pivot. Bloop yeah. works. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, it's not a new pivot though. Yeah, it's a new pivot for France. Sorry. I, I just really repudiated you. I repudiated you. I have bested you. No, because uh, um, uh, Fofana and too many were teammates at Maca- Monaco. Maca- God, God damn it! Uh, at, at Monaco for a long time, uh, along with their their friend uh, and compatriot Eduardo Camavinga, who's on the bench. All this leads me to ask: Take us. Let's fast forward to Sunday. Okay. Morocco are beautiful third place finishers. Um. France are lifting the World Cup trophy okay. at approximately noon Eastern time. No overtime? They get it done in regular time, in my okay. opinion. Are they best positioned to then just win the World Cup in 2026? Shut your horn. I mean, but that's the think thing. Think about this. I, th- I think every time, every, every country that wins the World Cup is going to be valued as the team that is most likely to win the World Cup in that exact moment. Right. Giroud is 36? Yeah. yeah. He's okay. an old guy. He's like 33. He's got one more World Cup. I think, I think Benzema's 33, maybe 34. Yeah. Ben, the, Benzema and Giroud are, are yeah. definitely going to be gone by then. But you've got Dembele, 23. Mbappe. I'm sorry. Mbappe, 23. Dembele, 25. Chumeni, 22. Griezmann is only 31. Fofana is 23. Yes. Me. Kunde is 24. Kanate is 23. Luca yeah. Hernandez is 25. This team is very young. Kunde is a baby face. And and 
peak in Kylian Mbappe powers will be next World Cup. <sighs> probably. I mean, if you think about it, Italy won the Euros and didn't even qualify for the World Cup. So who knows what's going to happen in four well, years? Well, Italy's squad and France's squad, the same they are not. I'm not saying that they are. I'm saying crazier things have happened, Jacob. But yeah. Just think about, I guess, just think about the, the contenders and like truly new ones will emerge or whatever, but and injuries will happen. Things will be no, weird. The, but the, like the, the, our I France, think, just the favorites to win the next World not. Cup. Obviously not. We're in our peak team? cycle in 2026. Well, besides us, <laughs> <laughs> I I think yeah. Well, that's the thing. France have incredible depth as well. You look at France's just Saliba. Their, their, <laughs> they've got Saliba. They've got Pavard. They've got Upamecano. Um, Kamavinga is like a regular player for Kingsley, Real Madrid. Coman is still only twenty six. So obviously he'll still he be has not kicking. aged in years. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know. I think they'll just need a striker and a goalie. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And they they've still got the same. The thing is, it'll be crazy if Didier Deschamps wins this because then he'll essentially be untouchable as a coach for the next four years. Yeah, and then he'll have, if he wants to, another go at the World Cup. And I think in the terms of the modern game, France will be looked at as the team if this happens because yeah. The game has totally changed. Has the team ever won it three times in a row? Never. I don't think so. No. There's only been two that have won it twice in a row. And that was long ago in the 50s and the 30s. So I think to to win it twice in a row in the modern game is, in my opinion, a bigger achievement just because of how close, how much closer all the competition has gotten. That's an excellent segue into my next point. Oh, yes. Go on. Lionel Messi is by far and away the best player ever, right? I think that depends on who you ask, right? And what your criteria is. You ask a 13-year-old boy. Any any sort of goat question is just impossible to have. All right, so can, is it, no, it is kind of. Okay, here's what I'll tell you. In my opinion, is he the best player ever? Yes. Yes. Obviously. Yes. You ask some guy 50 years from now, maybe not. Oh, yeah, no, well, because hopefully there's another Lionel Messi. I would love to watch more of that. Uh, at some point, I mean, there's Spinel, very likely, Spessy. yeah. There's Leo Messo. He's a young kid in Arsenal's academy that always gets <laughs> joked about when Lionel Messi does things. Um, here's my thing: the game today has been played is played at a far more, I guess, advanced technical, like the physical regimen is far greater and more advanced than it's ever been. Yeah, of course. The Sports the center. tactics of the game, the the way that, um, you know, um, analytics and data are coming into it and changing the way it's played has, you know, sort of slingshotted soccer forward in such a dramatic manner. And throughout that process, Lionel Messi has been arguably or clearly, depending on who you ask, I guess, the best player in the world. Cristiano Ronaldo being the other one, whatever. I think I think Messi's numbers uh, make the case for themselves, but I guess uh, there are the thirteen-year-old kids who will um, <laughs> yell at you because they have Ronaldo as their Twitter avi or whatever. But um, and I just think that that separates. There's there's such a clear like break in the page from the old game and how it was played to the modern game, and players now are better than they've ever been, and Lionel Messi is the best among them. And to me, that just makes him the best player of all time. Yeah, I think I, it's it's really hard, though, to 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 say that 
about any one player in most sports bar hockey. So it's always a silly argument. I mean, yeah, Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky is not going to be matched. Yeah. Wayne Wekwe. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, Usain Bolt is like clearly the yeah. best sprinter to ever have existed so far. <laughs> so far. So I love the optimism. <laughs> I think at some point well, Ronaldo might have been the best at the game, but R9. Yeah. Lionel, uh, well, Lionel Messi has not so easy. Well, no, that's aged well with the game. He is not literally like uh, had a bad exit everywhere he goes. <laughs> he is not, you know, he, he's playing with his team, not his team is playing for him. He is very much a part of the team and not bigger than the team, I think. Well, I I think he he is bigger than the team. He doesn't act he, like he's bigger than the team. Yeah, he, he's not a very public figure. You're right. I think he's one of the few examples in sports where the athlete, their, their, their rise goes beyond the sport itself. And like he's now almost a pop culture icon because he only does soccer, but he's one of the few people on earth where you can pretty much, he's known everywhere. And- the, everywhere you go kind of like r9 was in brazil during the world cup yeah. but the difference between r9 and messi is that r9's peak was so short and so brief and messi's has been for literally 15 20 years so yeah i think i think there's a case to be made that he is the best perhaps offensive player to ever have played soccer and yeah. offensive players by the nature of the game and how it sells tickets get the most press and so and all it's just easier to calculate what a good offensive player is as opposed to what a good defensive player is. So yes, Messi probably is the greatest of all time given those metrics. But in to your point with sports science, I think the, the the human body is like a there's only so much more juice that can get squeezed out of like how much farther the ceiling is for performance. So I don't really know how we get better other than you, you got to put more juice in just, just like throw <laughs> robots out of the field or legalize PEDs. I think a counterpoint, I guess, to, to my argument, almost in a sense, is that Lionel Messi, the, the Lionel Messi of today probably doesn't get scouted and brought to Barcelona. Why not? Because he was like five foot three kid that yeah. like had no athleticism. Yeah. You know, he did have athleticism. He was just short. He just like wasn't like he's not like a yeah. he's not an athletic guy. You yeah. know, he's just uh He wasn't your typical athletic well, build. But but what makes you think that that was any less incredible in 2006? Um I don't think it's like less incredible. I think though that the I think that like data is probably driving recruitment in a certain direction and it's probably away from people with the buy types like Lionel Messi. I think the pipeline currently with South America to Europe has never been more direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you don't have to do these sorts of feeder club stoppages anymore. Yeah, that's Somewhere true. in Portugal, somewhere in the second league of like Italy. And I think that you will look, look at Endrick just signed for <laughs> Real Madrid for like what? 60 million years. Yeah, some, yeah, something ridiculous. I think that scouting has never been better. Yeah, and yeah. And that yeah. perhaps, you know, well, I guess we'll never know, bottom line. But, but I, I think that if you were to, like even if you were to go back in time, right? Yeah. And you were to just do that same thing again, it's like he got the right bus. You know, there. The, yeah, yeah. Like if you did that a thousand times, Messi only comes out once. He's bussing. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think though that like you do just see these these trends and I think that there are these guys who would come in the periphery because like there's nothing physically outstanding about Lionel Messi. I mean, not immediately, no. He's got a nice beard. Yeah, I mean, he's like, yeah. He's got, <laughs> he does nice have smile. a nice beard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's not like a monster presser, uh, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like he, he just like wouldn't, he he probably like wouldn't get a chance, I guess, at like a lot of big clubs. He might as a young I guy. Would, I would advise. I think I think he would because like, young like, young Messi was crazy fast and he was crazy energetic. Yeah. So like he would definitely young press. Messi. Now Messi, <laughs> young Messi, <laughs> Messi now obviously doesn't press because no, he's, he's no. earned whatever that he's that, earned his walking perk right. is where he just walks around and looks at the defense and how it moves. <laughs> But, you know, when he was young, it was all about, it wasn't him trying to analyze the defense. It was him essentially inviting the defense on it. And they couldn't shake him off because he has such a low center of gravity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think these, th- these things are seen by scouts, but obviously the size definitely contributes to it. Even the, the month of the year you're born in I contributes think, to it. I think, though, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, like, because <laughs> here's the thing. Yeah. I am arguing that you'd make a great professionally mentally ill. Like you're you're saying <laughs> you're saying player. the chances of Messi coming out now as opposed to coming out in like 2002 or whatever is less. I am saying that. Okay, but it's not because that player can't succeed because Lionel Messi is like the literal antithesis of this argument. Right. Right. He he's a, the the living he's embodiment the of the counterpoint. That, right. Yeah. And so by me making that statement, I'm already repudiating my own statement. I like to repudiate on this podcast. <laughs> new word, new word. Yes. Don't portend to know what that means. <laughs> and so in the portend, no. Uh, and so I think though that it's kind of a shame that a guy with that build right. might get overlooked now today. He yeah. might have less of a chance than Lionel Messi did. And it's not that he can't make it, that he can't do these things. It's just that he'll be seen as less likely to succeed. I think that's, that, that, that is a good point. Else. One of the biggest takeaways from my short-lived playing career as a child, right? Your messy-like my, career. Yeah. Well, no, because <laughs> we, we, we had a, we had a coach in, um, <laughs> yeah, for, for, in the U-12s. When I was he was 10, player. so it was a big uh, deal. I, I, had, I had a coach that played soccer, uh, in, like college soccer. Um, college soccer. College soccer. Playing some good college soccer. <laughs> good, good hard knuckle soccer. Anyway, uh, yeah. So shout out to Mister Soder. Um, mm. Streets remember, but he was he was Soderberg. very good. He had a very he had a very soccer build. You know, he knew he was he was very good at soccer. So he could he was the coach that could show you how to do it as opposed to just telling you, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, because uh, sometimes those coaches can't tell you because they're literally they, they're not physically fit at all. But uh, so, but he he would repeatedly say to us, uh, you know, like gentlemen, the soccer is the only sport in which size doesn't matter, and you can be great in this sport even if you aren't tall and strong. And yeah. he would show us examples of how to be good, and like he would show us, like look here when you're passing, yeah. you know, look for your man, look for the space, and like you don't, and like you know, some basic examples, especially for American youths who don't have this cultural imprint of soccer upon us. So like, you know, really basic stuff. But I, I, I think that particular lesson stuck with me and I, I do in my head kind of 
champion soccer as one of those sports where size truly doesn't matter. I mean, just look at Maxi Morales for NYCFC, like shortest guy you'll ever see, and he's their most important player. And I, I, I do yeah. think that maybe Papu Goma's the god. With the, with the improvement of scouting, obviously they can cherry pick people better. So obviously size will be prioritized in a sport that relies on muscle. Yeah. So, uh, a a good example for this argument either on on either sides, uh, the Manchester United defender, where his yeah. entire like even on the World Cup thesis, Sandra Martinez, yes of his existence for Manchester United is about his size and despite his size. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Manchester United. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> There's still time. So sorry. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So let's, pre- let's, let's put out a score card here. What do we think? Two to one in extra time, Argentina. Okay. That's Madeline Gaylor's guess. BMG guess. Oh, uh, yeah. I think France win like three to one. In regulation. Yes. Okay. That's a lot um, of goals for regulation. Yeah. You know, you know what, though? These finals, they get there really cagey. It could be pretty low scoring. Yeah. I'm going to say three to one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go six to four. Uh, let's, they let's score a goal every 10 let's, minutes. Let's do two to nothing. I'm going to say Argentina. What? I got to follow my heart. Here. All right. <laughs> uh, I think if there's one player that can lift Argentina up, it's Messi. So obviously. He's too small for that. Obviously, <laughs> I think I. You know, does don't you want the sort of France already won it? That's the boring. Well, I don't want this to happen. What are you talking about? <laughs> I get it. No, I get it. You know, you got you got to follow your head sometimes. Um, okay. Well, you you'll hear from us on Sunday after the game. We'll talk about the final. Obviously, we'll talk about the third place game, and then we will say au revoir yeah, to the World Cup. Weeks off. Yeah. Is that a portentous au revoir Jacob <laughs> uh, yeah we'll say hi, I don't want to say it. foreshadowing au revoir adios amigos <laughs> <laughs>